Hello and welcome to episode 67 of the Folk Podcast. Today we are talking about the new year, but nothing as cheesy as saying New Year's resolutions. No, we're pagans and heathens. So we're talking about living by the cycles because that is how our ancestors lived. Um, and it's how I believe many of us are trying to live our lives now. Um, so we'll be talking about um, things that you can do to feel more connected to the cycles, but as well as the things that we're looking ahead to in the future and wanting to work on ourselves. Um, so gentlemen, how's, uh, how's 2022 treating you so far? I mean, for me personally, pretty good besides the sub-zero temperatures that woke up to this morning, but, you know, not, not too bad. Um, I feel like uh, I'm excited for this year, you know, in the next, like, round of cycles. Uh, everything's been pretty good for me so far. I'm just, uh, I'm just working through it and trying to get plans for what I'm going to do to make the most out of this cycle. Yeah, like, um, you know, it's funny, Caleb, we've actually recorded next week's episode already. So I'm like, wait, what have I not said? Already? Like, what did I say in that that I can allude to? <laughs> uh, so one of the things Caleb and I talk about for the episode for next week is um, our Odin ritual that we did for the Ohio Yule Gathering, which if you haven't already, I hope you check out that video. Um, but we're going, we'll, we'll be in California next weekend for um the west coast gathering like the first west coast gathering we've ever successfully had sorry chris montana doesn't count or idaho you didn't touch the coast um and so this will be the first time that it'll be in california um it'll be like northern cali so we'll be cable and i both flying into portland and then we're driving down with darius um to the uh west coast gathering so it's really exciting and i think that this this focus on the evolution of ritual practice uh, but as well as improving the regions that we have as far as like uh you know the community is something i really want to focus on i really want to make sure i can get all to the to all the regions multiple times um you know and start i mean even just start getting more of us like out and about you know like uh ian you guys are planning the uh wisconsin gathering here too aren't you yeah i know that's that's kind of in the works at the moment i've kind of jumped in a little bit like in the middle of it um, where Zach and, and Blade were already kind of spearheading it. Um, but yeah, as far as I'm aware, like, we, I know we've got the spot picked out um, and everything like that has been relatively set in stone. Date has been set in stone towards like midway through March. Um, and like right now, it's mainly just planning out which rituals I know both Blade and um, Zach have stuff picked out. And I'm kind of thinking about something that I want to do um, you know, involving Freya and Freya um, specifically, which I think is a good time frame usually for doing something like that is Ostara. How's the weather going to be in Wisconsin in March? Isn't it going to be still pretty cold? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. Like this area of the United States, like because Wisconsin is where it's at in Wisconsin, only about a four hour drive. So finally. Finally, I get to go to a gathering that does less than double digits in the hours that I have to drive. Um, so, you know, that being said, like the, it'll it'll still probably still be some snow. It just depends. March is one of those weird hit or miss months for the upper Midwest because it can be start to be spring and like two days, like a couple days, and then out of nowhere we get a freak snowstorm. It's like oh, winter's back. So hopefully, it's more of a uh, a springy, you know turning point instead of a, a frozen hellscape but we'll see <laughs> right um and then caleb you got the uh southern gathering coming up in like two or three weeks right 
Yep. We got the uh, the California one you just talked about, and then um, we got the Southern Yule. I think it's the last. I think it's the last full weekend in January. I'm really looking forward to that. That just reminds me, I have to shoot my niece's quinceanera in the last weekend. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, normal people things. That's going to be weird. <laughs> I did not expect you to say quinceanera. I'm like, what? You're white as shit. <laughs> no, no. My, uh, my sister married a Puerto Rican. And so my, <laughs> okay. my nieces are, are I think, a, a half Puerto Rican. Um, now, they're all That's redneck. Like, Don't get me wrong. They're redneck Puerto Ricans. Um, they yeah. live up in like near Defiance, Ohio. They hunt deer all the time, drive big trucks and you know drink Budweiser and smoke camel lights like they are about as redneck as it comes but they're Puerto Rican um, and so my niece has actually been trying to connect more to her Puerto Rican heritage uh, so she's been taking Spanish and then she wanted to have a quinceanera and things like that so uh, I thought that was really cool um, you know for, for her to actually want to do something like that and connect more uh, where she came from um, and then even though my sister and I don't get along I actually said I'd, I'd video record it which now I'm like ugh. <laughs> like well, when I was sitting here thinking, oh, I was no. just sitting here thinking, like, man, since when did the Irish start having fucking quinceaneras? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, my all my uh, like northern stuff. I mean, obviously, my if you ever saw my mother, she's very Irish and British, like very, very much so. Um, and all the like Germanic and Scandinavian comes from my father's side. So uh, my sister uh, is a half sister, so she doesn't have it at all. Um, so we, me, my me, my sister, just like. She's fine. She's fine. Anyways, the new year. <laughs> Families. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I do kind of want to talk about a little bit. Um, now, the video I have coming out Wednesday reflects personally on my, my journey and our community's journey over the last year, um, as well as the things I'm working on, which I, I would love to expand on here. I don't talk about as much. Um, but is there anything spiritually you guys are looking for uh, that you're wanting to work on in this next cycle? Um, uh, for me specifically... It's just kind of, for me, it's going to be getting back into the groove of things. So like this, I've been so busy with such a change in my life, like lifestyle and everything, like I'm getting out of the military, moving back to Minnesota, you know, this basically the majority of, of the fall and this entire winter has been spent, you know, being, you know, a normal adult, which sucks. So I haven't really had, um, you know, a whole lot of, of time to necessarily deep dive into anything spiritually for a while. Um, so I'm, it's for me, you know, I've always looked at the cycle specifically, like the point that we're about to get to, um, with spring is, you know, that, that cycle and that, that period of time to expand on new and, and blossoming things, um, you know, as that, like that birth of something new and that, uh, you know, coming from the old in the winter and letting old bad things, you know, just kind of die and fall at the wayside, um, you know, so I don't know. It's for me, it's just kind of getting back into the group of things. And, and I'm sure at some point, it'll probably won't take me very long to start getting into some newer deep dive stuff. Um, I've been meaning to finish a book that I bought back in, in, um, back in fall called Baldur's Magic. Oh, is that um, the one you found at the little been, esoteric shop? Yeah, I've been meaning to finish that because it was it, from one of the I've read so far into it. It was a really amazing. It was really deep dive dove into some of more of the shamanic practices and um a lot of really interesting stuff involving specifically the vanir um you know which i feel like around the springtime is very very on point with that time of the year and everything like that so 
that's that's kind of my thing is just kind of finish finish old projects and things that I was already working on and then kind of see what comes from that once I actually complete them. Uh, as far as me, <clears throat> um, I'm going to be going deeper into the uh, um, the warrior path because I've got some things I want to try out, explore, and experiment with, and then uh, I'll be go doing a lot of like uh, realm travel. I feel like this year because a lot of like the stuff towards the from like last summer through um, the fall into the winter, a lot of things were like pointing me towards getting into uh, and experimenting with realm travel. And I think it all honestly kind of started whenever you started doing your like tree meditations and stuff like that, Jacob. It just kind of like, I don't know, planted those seeds for me. So now I'm trying to experiment with that. Can I, can I challenge both of you guys? You, you both own iPhones. I really want, I, I think it would be a good idea for you guys to download that, that day one journaling app. Um, just to have it, I mean, it's on your phone, you know, when you're laying at bed at night or when you wake up in the morning or just, you know, when you get a cup of coffee, sit down and record your spiritual experiences in that journal. Um, because, the, the, you know, it, you brought up the tree meditation. I, I sat down and I completed my journal for last year. And it's over when I print it out, because you can print it out once you once you write into it digitally. Um, print it out, it's going to be over 400 pages. Like that is a hefty book of my life for the last year. And it's really cool to look and back and see when the shamanic stuff started picking up. You know, I can look back and see the first time um, that I had that near-death experience in a dream. I can look back and see the first time I tried a personal shamanic trance in my house. I can look back the first time I tried a private tree meditation, a group tree meditation, um, you know, a larger tree meditation, you know, what I learned in Germany to the point where, you know, oh, I'm starting to talk about Galder now. And then it's really cool. And not to mention, not just cool, but I think it's very important to see how far you've come in a year. Um, so, you know, as we are exploring our spiritualities, I think it's really important to keep some form of journaling, whether it's physical or digital, um, of what you're learning. Yeah, no, I definitely, I've, I've been meaning to download it myself and I always keep forgetting what the name of it is. And I was like, oh, right now, just ask him. But then, oh, you're on your yeah. phone. What's, what's yeah, it called? What's it called? Oh, download. Day one journal is what it's called. You don't have to yeah, pay obviously. money. You get one journal for free. Um, I paid like $30 a month. So I get like unlimited journaling because I, I like to keep it kind of sectioned off like first part of the year, second part of the year, you know, kind of stuff like that. But you can keep one journal um, for free. I tried. Honestly, I, I don't get sponsorship from them, but I, I tried once, but I don't think they're very interested in a heathen YouTuber sponsoring. Me. But <laughs> like for real, I was like, I legitimately love your product. Let me pay me money to talk about it. <laughs> right. Because um, oh, I've goodness. always gotten, I mean, of course, I get them all the time, you know, for like games and things like that. I'm like, it makes no sense for me to like take yeah. time out of my Norse pagan content to be like, let's download Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, yeah. Like Raid Shadow Legends, like it's just anybody and everybody. Like you've got a following. Yes, we need you to download our app. <laughs> they pay good money too. Like they pay like thousands of dollars for those plugs. Well, no wonder everybody does them. Yeah, but you have to say literally every word they send you in the script, and it's like 60 seconds long, and it's super mm -hmm. cheesy, and it's just like, do you ever feel lonely while taking a shit? Well, don't worry, because Raid <laughs> Shadow Legends is here, and you can play this new character and download all of this, and it's like, like, uh, I'm, I'm good on that, dog. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I mean that to the audience as well. Um, one of the things that every single shamanic book I have picked up every single one of them says to keep a journal of your spiritual experiences mm -hmm. um and i think that's really important not just for you now but for you in 20 years like 
when you're getting into this faith, the idea is that it's going to be a lifelong practice. And so I think it's really, I, I'm excited by the fact, um, I mean, obviously I make videos, so that's, that's helpful as well. But 20 years from now, sitting down and reading what spiritual experiences I was having 20 years ago, that's really cool and a really exciting idea. So if you don't just do it for yourself now, do it for yourself in 20 years. Um, so you can see how far you've grown and maybe even revisit ideas that, you know, you, you kind of left behind along the way. Um, so yeah, I really recommend to all the people listening to this uh, channel, keep a journal in some way. It's a very amazing habit to have. Yeah. Like I know, like for me, I've always, the, the convenience of it too is the biggest thing. Cause like, I, I like to have, um, I like to have, you know, a physical journal. Like I do have one of those that I do regular, I will regularly write in, um, you know, and that's for me, it's, it's like a, a bit of an aesthetic, like calming thing. Like there's just something about writing in like a, a leather bound journal, you know, that it, it just, it just fits for me. But at the same time, yeah, like the convenience of having, you know, essentially, um, you know, this, this app that is at your disposal basically at any time, because obviously most of us walk around with our phones on us at all times, you know, there's not really any denying that. Um, you know, I feel like, yeah, it, it, it I think having both is a solid idea to just track things. Yeah, I've tried to make <clears throat> writing in a, in a journal a habit. I just never can seem to do it. But I, there's a lot of times that I'll just pop into like the notes on my phone and I'll just pop, I'll, I'll write down whatever it is I need to so I don't forget it or I so I can look back on it or whatever. So this app right here will probably end up helping me out. I mean, yeah, I've done the same thing. I actually have stuff that I did witnessed or like I you know things that I had seen and like experienced at the last fall gathering just back up in Pennsylvania that I have in there I even had like a binder room that I saw you know that I drew in there which is nice I, mean, I had that so you know well like a lot of the ritual um like you know a lot of the relationship between Eric and I are all things that have happened in these small spiritual experiences um that I would honestly have forgotten about at this point because it was always so small like oh I was doing this meditation for some reason I saw ingwas I saw two othalas flip onto each other and create an ingwas in this meditation you know, and those are such small moments that in the, you know, we're like, oh, that's really cool. But if we don't write that down six months later, you're not going to remember that small little meditation. Uh, but those could be the little breadcrumbs that, that lead you, oh, excuse me, lead you to bigger and, uh, you know, amazing ideas. Yeah, I've had that issue, but it's always like, I'll forget it for a few months and then I'll, then I'll just randomly remember it. It's like, oh, oh, dots connect. Uh, my favorite entry <laughs> is after we saw the High Lung show. Because I wrote it in the plane on the way from High Lung. Let me see if I can pull it up. Uh, because I literally was crying on the plane. <laughs> like, because I was just reliving the experience as I was typing it. And I was like, oh my God, this was so amazing. <laughs> um, Meanwhile, you have like the the old lady that's just like looking at you like, what is wrong with this dude? Right. Why is this man crying on the that? plane next to me? Oh, man. When did we go to? No, I think it's. What was that? October? I think I agree. Uh, that would have been October. October 5th, October 6th. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what day you flew out. Okay. There's like one spot where I literally typed, oh, I'm crying again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think that's a good way of tracking like different things too with like as the cycles change and see what, um, you know, you, you did the previous cycle and what is leading up to something or led you to 
the next project or the next thing that you're doing for the the cycle after. Oh, okay. Here we go. It was one, if not the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced. What followed was two hours of pure magic. Red Rocks was the perfect video for this, and I could feel sacred energies coming alive. Just the ability to hear the music all while looking up to the stars, uh, the star-covered sky was absolutely breathtaking. Heilung means healing in German, and tonight there was so much healing being done in many different ways. Fuck, I'm sitting here in the air flight home just typing this, already fully booked playing, crying like a child. These are truly tears of joy. (laughs) I remember I was like literally just sitting there crying between two people typing, and I was like... (laughs) (laughs) uh i mean seriously when the native uh the native americans came out and like started doing their chant and blessing like i i teared up like i cried and then for like a week afterwards the more i thought about the more i would cry (laughs) oh oh man no i mean yeah that's it's interesting going back and just like the stuff that i've written in in my like physical journals that i've had um and see what you know, just the changes from that and just to see like, even just a change in like attitude as well, you know, depending on things. Cause it's become like, a journal is both like, it's both a personal, like just normal journal and like a spiritual like practice as well. So like, they're, I mean, it's, it, they're molded together. It's, it's, they're melted together. I should say it's not really one or the other. So it's interesting to see how like, even looking back at certain cycles and certain time periods of the year where real life things would potentially affect like the spiritual aspect of things and then like how those would change and how they just kind of correlate with each other um so is there any particular deities you guys i mean that's something i always do is i work with uh new deities every year um or i try to to bring them into the fold is there any deities you guys are uh, looking to connect with more this year uh for me because i wanted to do this this last year and it i it just it just didn't happen so i I took it as like a sign of it's not you're not ready yet or it's not time yet but i definitely want to work more with um the the golden twins i definitely want to work more with freya and frere this year that's what i wanted to do last year and it just it just didn't happen you know i i just it just didn't happen i I took it as like a sign of kind of like all right you're not quite maybe it's not the time maybe this year isn't the time for that um so that's that, those are the two that I'm primarily going to be focusing on. So the Edge Lord is coming over to the light finally. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> just, just, I'm just dipping, dipping a toe, just dipping, dipping one toe in. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's the biggest thing for me. Is I feel like now that I've been back here in Minnesota too, and I'm more so much more surrounded by, um, you know, nature and everything like that. I feel like it'll be easier for me to connect with Vanier a lot more with compared to where I was in New Mexico and there was nothing but cattle everywhere. So. Hey, those cattle looking pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to, um, yeah. I'll probably end up, uh, I've, I've got the, the plan to try to work more with, uh, with Freya and with, um, Balder this year. And then I want to explore some more things with Njord because I've given like a lot of like small personal offers, but they've never been like, they've never been anything that's like led me to wanting to do like rituals, like bigger rituals at, at gatherings and stuff though. So I want to try to play around with, uh, with Njord some more as far as uh, trying to get an idea for some rituals and then focusing on Freya and Balder. Have you gotten that Heathering in the Sea book yet? I have not. Uh, again, another recommendation. If you want to connect more with Njord, he's got like his, uh, it's like a water meditation or something like that in there or a water ritual and it's like nine pages long and it's honestly really really well written 
Um, and I think that would be a really good place to kind of start with a Niord connection is uh, something like that. So uh, it, next time, I, actually, I can bring you my copy if you want. Um, when we go to Cali, I'll bring you my copy. Right. Cool. Yeah, I'll, yeah, just don't, don't let me take it back because that way my daughter doesn't spill a milkshake on it again. <laughs> <laughs> something about these British books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing that I might look into is because I can't get her out of my head ever since that goddess ritual, but they, uh, but Ron, I cannot yep. get her out of my freaking head since that, uh, that offering. Dude, her. dude, we'll be in California next week. Uh -huh. Yeah, I know. We'll, we can stop at the Pacific Ocean if you want. Maybe. <laughs> and we'll be in the North Pacific, Northwest Pacific Ocean, so it's like super Nordic too. Yeah. Oh, okay. you guys are just going to get snatched up. Okay? I was going to like dude, go way deep into the ocean. One of those like giant rocks that sits yeah. in the coast. You know, like, oh, the, yeah, yeah. So if we can find that uh, on the way back, we'll have way more time. Um, mm -hmm. So when we're driving back up Monday, we should plan a trip to like some stuff along the coast on our way or way back up to Portland. Yeah, uh, I would love to. Great. I would love to do something with the sea. Mm -hmm. And the ocean would be cold, too, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's because it's around the time of the year. It should be cold. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm 100% I'm down to do some Ron stuff. We got plans now, <laughs> <laughs> and they were and they were never heard from again. The See, they took them. <laughs> right, that's the thing. Like that makes this faith so different to me. Is you know, and, and again, maybe I just didn't have the right Christian experience, as many people like to, to comment on my uh, my videos anytime I critique Christianity. Um, but when I critique Christianity, I'm talking about you know the standard American like Protestant Christianity where you go to laser tag pizza parties and vacation Bible schools, you attend church on Sunday, and that's kind of it. You know, it's not very in-depth. And yes, I understand there's probably Christianity that is much more in-depth out there that requires a lot of personal practice, but the majority of Americans kind of practice Christianity the same way, and it's really boring. You know, so when I'm referring to this, I'm referring to that blend of Christianity, the normal American boring Protestant version. And, you know, we're sitting here talking about going to a gathering where we're going to hail some old gods, practice some unique and wonderful rituals in the valley of a volcano. And then on the way back, we're like, oh, we want to go connect more with the ocean. So we're going to go give offerings to Ron and Yord on the way back up um, to these people. You know, and we met Darius, an ex-Marine who does filigio work that lives in Portland. And here's, <laughs> you know, and it's like, what? Like, what are we doing, guys? This is insane. <laughs> and like, it's amazing to that we could just be like casually like, I want to connect more with the sea so you know i'm going to go connect to the gods of the sea whereas if you just have one deity i mean to me it kind of ruins the magic in it all you know if you're just like oh i want to go connect to god in the ocean i want to go connect to god under a volcano it's like it's to me it's a disrespect to the unique and and diverse nature and, and the spirits out there um they are unique they are different and like you know someone like my father will say they're all part of you know of god but even the Native Americans said that they saw everything as part of one, the one great being, the great spirit, but they still saw the individual characteristics of, you know, individual places and deities. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it, I don't know, like, now that you like, point that out, that, like, I never really thought of it that way, but like, it, it makes it, I don't know, it's just weird to think about now. Because yeah, you can go to just about any other place, like anywhere on the planet, and you can find a location that you could you know that just feels right for a for one particular deity or a, like even a set of deities and then you can go to another part of the planet and be like oh no this feels right for a whole nother deity or a set of deities as well and it's just yeah i don't know it just it's nice it's just yeah nice. it's nice it's a great it's an honestly amazing way to explore the world yeah 
Oh yeah, I feel like it, it hits you with a whole other perspective too. And I feel like that kind of goes along with the cycles because I know a lot of people will kind of, uh, you know, work with different deities either based on, you know, each season or like you were saying, Jacob, like each cycle, you know, you kind of look for working with one. Because didn't you say like, with, I think you brought it up before in the past, like you work with Freya for like a year, basically over like the past year, like you kind of pick one yeah. work with them for like a year. And then like the next following full cycle, you work with another one. Um, you know, so like, yeah, there's a multitude of different ways that you could do that. You know, like for me, like I said, I want to primarily work with like Freya and Freya, at least for the first half of this new cycle, you know, um, you know, going into spring and summer. Um, you know, and who knows, maybe it might turn into like a full year of, of working with them and just trying to understand each of them. Maybe take, you know, half of the year to work with one and another half to work with the other, or, you know, to see what feels right. But well, yeah. And then like, um, what'd you get there, Caleb? Oh, my wife just brought me home a milkshake and I like didn't know that or expect Did it bring us milkshakes? Well, I mean, the house, like, yeah. yeah, where's our milk? Where's our milk? <laughs> <laughs> just let me uh, pour it on the let me pour it on the microphone. Maybe yeah, that's a horrible idea. <laughs> well, Ian, you can just go add some sugar to some snow you have out there, and you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I got a snowbank about half as tall as me right now. So, you, know. <laughs> you know, I got some misty rain that is looking pretty darn close to turning into some snow. Mm. <laughs> um. But yeah, like uh, last year for me, I, I I would say I spent the first half of the year working pretty predominantly with Freya. And then when I came back from Germany, I mean, Germany, I would say I really didn't work with a deity. I didn't have any spiritual practice. I had spiritual experiences, but I never like went out to find it. Um, you know, in Germany, I would say the biggest experience I had was Balder, which was the most bizarre and amazing, like amazing thing at the same time, because I have never really tried to get a connection with Balder. But that is the most predominant presence I felt the entire time in Germany. Um, and then coming back, I brought, as I, I started taking what I learned and brought it to a ritual atmosphere with like, you know, the Galder chanting and things like that, I started working with um, Freya, Freya and Odin. And I call it called them my teachers within uh, shamanic rituals because they both taught me individual aspects of shamanic travel and journey. Um, and so it, it's interesting, like I didn't necessarily work with Freya the whole year, but it kind of changed as the year went on. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm expecting with this as, you know, I don't know if, like I said, if I want to start with, with Freya or Freya first or, you know, both of them at the same time, but then, you know, I feel like depending on, you know, just what feels right, I'll go with that. And then, yeah, it could easily change, you know, halfway through the year. So, I don't know, it's kind of exciting to kind of see like what, think about what potentials you might gain from, from working with a new deity for a, an extended period of time. Um, you know, and just see what, how that changes, even say like halfway through the year, you know, you might, there might be something that you've just been trying to figure out for the, like the first half or like the first like season and you just can't figure it out. And it's been like bothering you. And then all of a sudden you like, you just change one tiny little thing. And then all of a sudden, like everything just clicks and pieces together. And you're just like, oh, that's what it was. And then it, you change your entire like spectrum and how you go about the rest of it from the following, like the rest of that year. That's exciting. Myself, like I didn't expect, I didn't expect my practice with Freya to evolve to the way it did. I just started it as a personal thing, um, just to try to be, just to try to be like a better father and a better husband, stuff like that. And then it ended up leading into doing what three, four Freya rituals this year at gatherings. Yeah, uh, at least two of that I remember. Oh, you did one at Midsummer too, didn't you? Yeah, I did one at Midsummer. I did an ancestor ritual there too. And then uh, fall um, gathering, and then spring gathering, you did one as well. 
Yeah. I actually, um, I was just hiking the other day recording for the uh, video coming on Wednesday and I had a Frere experience or at least what I perceived as a Frere experience um, because I felt a very heavy stag presence while like I was just going through these creek beds and just following these streams until I found a waterfall. And every single time I would turn around, it really felt like something was watching me and I always got this presence of like a stag. Um, you know, I never actually saw one, but it was just weird. And, and then as I was hiking out, like this golden sun came in and, you know, lit up the water and it was like sunset and this, the clouds party was a rainy day. And I even called my dad who doesn't live that far away. And I was like, yeah, it's beautiful over here. And he's like, what? It's cloudy and rainy here. So it was just around there. That was beautiful. And yeah, it, it really felt like a Freya presence. So I think I'm going to try to, and that's kind of actually what led me talking to Logan and him and I uh, wanted to do a, a Freya and Freya ritual. But I, yeah, I would I say like, otherwise, a, uh, the deity I, I want to work with more is Heimdall. I want to learn more about him. I feel like that's it's it's always kind of funny too to think about which deities kind of call to you and like at what point in your life or like how they kind of like they come about to some degree. Because like for me, Heimdall, like I'm trying to think of even where I would really begin with that and working with him. And, you know, it's like the same thing with like with like Nord. I could probably do something with because I've run a lot of the lakes. You know, there's a lot of coasts and a lot of major lakes or the Great Lakes aren't very far from me. But like with Ron, like I wouldn't even know where to really begin with her or even like Eggie or anything like that. With Heimdall, I am um, like obviously the horn is something that I think is is the quickest thing. You know, blowing a horn is like a way to signal him, um, which I, I have been bringing into any practices I do with him. But also an interesting thing that I, I was kind of picking up on is that he's the guardian of borders. So anywhere that there is a border change of some kind, whether it's a river or a lake um, or a biome change, that he exists in that realm. And there's also this weird Heimdall's entire thing is like shrouded in a lot of mystery. For instance, like, you know, one of the lines in I forget what poem it is mentions that he hid his ear in Mimir's well. So that begs the question, did he give the same sacrifice that Odin did where Odin gave an eye? Heimdall gave an ear, so did Heimdall drink from Mimir's well? But we don't know, but we know that his ear is in the well. So there is a lot of, like, and there's so many little mysterious things. And then his nine mothers, is that the nine waves? Or like the, you know, so he's related to the ocean. And I've seen instances where he's related to the shoreline because the border of our realm and the God's realm is actually the, the shoreline between us and the water. And which we see in the Germanic thing as well, because they always saw the way to give to the gods was to throw into a bog. And so there's so many little breadcrumbs everywhere to Heimdall stuff, but there's nothing that is cohesive in one body of work. Uh, and so that's one of the reasons I think I'm attracted to it is because it's all over the place and I kind of want to figure out what connects the most. Yeah, it's kind of like fit those pieces together and fill in the blanks like as you can basically with what you yeah, experience, which I feel like is a very common thing for a lot of people, especially when you start diving into a lot of the lesser known deities. I think that's kind of been something like that I've done working with hell, you know, like we really don't necessarily have a whole lot of things. She's mentioned a few times in several stories and that's essentially it. So a lot of the stuff that, you know, that I've experienced has been taking those, those very few like pieces, like you said, that are just kind of here and there and then finding what has, what has worked and what has, you know, essentially called to me and then like building the narrative around that for myself, you know, and then obviously using it to potentially help people like connect. And so far it's been, it's been good, but 
you seen all that stuff on Heimdall is a lot better than I was going to say. It's like, well, he's like a guardian. So you could like, if you had some, something you were like protecting or you were being like a guardian of, then that would, that would probably help. And know what Jacob said is a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> now I do think a way to connect with him, like obviously I've mentioned like the Suna bloat and stuff like that. And I always call upon Heimdall in those moments because I think it is also an offering in itself to give up sleep because Heimdall does not sleep or at least doesn't sleep very long if he does. Um, because he's always watching. He's the watcher of the gods, which is probably the second most known thing next to the Gialarhorn. And um, there's also like, you know, he can see really far and he can see infinitely at night um, and he can hear grass growing. So there's something with again, the ear, the hearing thing is interesting because he can hear grass growing, but he's given his ear to, you know, Mimir's well. Which I is mean, that, that whole thing kind of makes sense as far as like, you know, Odin gave his eye for wisdom and being like, I think that was where he got that's where he got Hugin and Moonen, right? Was whenever he gave his eye to the well. That was like his gift from, from I don't Mimir. think there's a direct connection to that, but I, I would assume there's I'm, probably a theory about that. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to remember. There was one, there was one, there's like, there's several different stories around all this shit. I'm trying to remember exactly where he got them. I think that's where he got those, the Ravens from. Y'all, I'm sure y'all will correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I mean, it's an interesting theory and I'm not opposed to it all. I haven't seen it personally <laughs> myself though. Yeah, I'll, I'll try, after we get done with this, I'll see if I can find it and show it to you. But uh, if, if that is the case with how he got them, it would make sense of like Heimdall got, you know, such improved insane hearing from giving that offering as well. Yeah. And like his ability not to sleep, because we do see that in many of the deities um, is that, you know, they're not extraordinary unless something is giving them those extraordinary powers. Right. And they're, they're, you know, sacrificing something of that of like great value, you know, of them personally in order to get said, said thing, obviously Odin and his eye. You know, in this situation, Heimdall in his ear, um, you know, and it's, yeah, it, it's it's interesting to, yeah, to look at it that way. Because, yeah, at the at the base, like, level, for the most part, they are, they have, they are essentially, like, somewhat, you know, they are extraordinary beings, but they became that way by giving something to be that way. They aren't necessarily just born that way. Dude, I just had a, such a fucking epiphany. Oh, my God. So... Because I was just thinking, I was with Heimdall, one of the things you could do to maybe connect with him on a deeper level is to lose your hearing for a set amount of time. You know, put on headphones or something or muff your ears. And so to give up hearing and you observe the world as someone who is deaf. Um, and, you know, and then after you remove it, you your hearing will be heightened or more sensitive because you didn't have it for an extended period of time. And so you'll learn something, but also you'll learn something from observing the world without hearing. Um, which is, I, I think, really interesting. But... The thing that my epiphany was like, well, that's a way to connect to Odin as well as to give up sight by giving up an eye um, to gain wisdom. And in shamanic work, you're supposed to do it blind, which is why you have the visors or, you know, you completely blindfold yourself, which is something Caleb and I were talking about already, is I'm going to perform this next Odin ritual completely blind. Um, and interestingly enough, the first time I performed the Galder ritual, um, I was completely blind and I was calling out to Odin, you know, and ask him to see through me. And as soon as I did that, I had a bowl of incense and like wind hit the incense and it went straight into my eyeballs. And I started crying profusely and I could not see. So I had to perform that first Galder chant completely blind, you know, against my own will. So I'm just like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. You don't get that it's shit crazy. in church. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I oh, man. No, it's, 
I don't even know. Well, then, like, you know, know, Ian, you uh, at the Fall Gathering painted half your body completely, like, pitch black to connect more with hell. Mm. Yeah. And, like, I would <laughs> literally disappear. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah, for those who haven't heard the story, like, whenever I did that, you know, yeah, it was to, um, you know, just physically represent. It was kind of, like, my way of, like, stepping up, you know, that connection with it. Because I've done it in the past where I've done, like, half of my face with, you know, kind of almost like the... Um, you know, like the, the sugar skull kind of like design on the left side of my face. And then I was like, no, no, I want to get, I want to do more with that and do it in a different, in a different light. And, uh, you know, to that extent, I went, yeah, half of my left half of my body. And then um, it was, it was interesting. It was so well done because if I turned my body, like if I turned the right side of my body away from any source of light and there was this, you know, pitch black, you know, backdrop with like the forest, like the woods that we had near us, I would essentially disappear. You know, if I got out, just got out of any sort of major light, it would literally just be like, oh, and there he goes. And then I would turn, you know, my body back to like forward facing and also, yeah, like half my body would just appear basically. So know, it was, it was an interesting experience. And like the whole process of like having that done, like while uh, Blade was the one that, did, that painted it on me, uh, I think it was Blade and, and Darius helped with that um you know that in and of itself you know was its own experience because I was that whole time I was kind of connecting and it was there was one point I remember when once my hand had gotten painted you know and I was kind of like I was holding my hand in such an interesting way to like make sure I could get it like in between my fingers and stuff and it my hand just looked like like almost corks like and it was just it was really messing with me as I was looking at it I was just like oh Oh, this is getting weird. And like I just kept like looking at it that way, and it was wow, oh, it was just an interesting way to connect and just kind of get deeper into it. Yep. So I was just looking on the uh the thing I was talking about. I can't find what I saw before. I don't know where I saw that or got it from. Probably something early on from whenever I first started out as a pagan. But it actually I wanted to bring this up because it's it says that it was in uh screen uh Kringlot. In chapter seven, it says that he bestowed the gift of speech upon those two ravens and I guess gave them their magical powers. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but on, on the topic, as far as like the, uh, like that separation, as I, I think that that's what I was hearing was like, you were talking about uh, how Ian painted himself uh, like half, he painted himself like half black or corpsey to connect more with hell. I mean, I kind of did that with the, uh, the, the first Odin ritual I did where I painted my entire body black as like a callback to the uh, to the Hari uh, from the uh, ancient German tribes. And I saw that as a, as a way of like fully being able to like transfer or tra transform myself into what I wanted to be for that ritual. Yeah. Um, now, as far as other things that um, I want to do this next year, uh, as we get close to the end of this episode, one of the things that I mentioned in the video coming up that I wanted to expand on here a little bit is the way I give offerings, I think, has changed a little bit. Um, so I used to give fairly large offerings, like full bottles of alcohol and things like that. And I, I still will do that at times. Uh, but I want to start giving smaller offerings more frequently. Um, 
so like the iron oxide, I think is a really good example of this is I'm starting to carry a bag with it wherever I go, which is incredibly, incredibly messy and annoying, but I maybe need to find something better. Uh, just like when I go hiking and things like that, if I get to a spot where I feel a spiritual presence, I will just leave a small gift of it. And I confirmed with Logan, who is a biologist, um, that it does not harm the environment because iron is a natural thing in the environment. And especially here in Kentucky, there's iron all over the soil, so it's not going to harm the environment. And so I leave these small little offerings anytime I feel grateful because gratitude is such a big thing for me right now. And so when I'm walking out in nature, if I just feel a spiritual presence or I feel connected or at peace, I give a small little offering. And that's something that's mentioned in the shaman books as well that I've been reading is that just having these small moments of gratitude keeps that connection that you have with the world around you alive. And I mean, so like, I need kind to... of... oh, sorry, sorry yeah. like... no, you're good. And I kind of like giving small offerings regularly like that or carrying something around to do, you know, such a thing, you know, is a pretty big thing with uh, Native American uh, shamanism from what Zach was telling me, you know, he, whenever we go to like Evans, he always has like a little pouch of, of tobacco, you know, to give whenever there's, you know, he feels a spirit nearby. Um, so I feel like, I feel like that's probably just a relatively regular like shamanic practice across the board, obviously kind of like what you were saying, Jacob, because, you know, it, like the big, the big offerings, I feel like are very, you know, are, are appropriate and very good for like an at, like a, a ritual at a gathering when you have a lot of people, because, you know, it is meant to be big. It is meant to be something powerful and stuff like that. But for your own like personal practice, I definitely agree with kind of just doing something small, more often, more regularly, because in, in a way it shows not only consistency, but it also is just, you know, there, there are times where I wish I had had something on me when I've, I've been at on like hikes or just even like driving and I've seen something. I'm just like, Ooh, I want to go to that spot to give it off because I feel something there, but I just don't necessarily have something on me, you know? And then like, I'll, unfortunately like I'll, I'll get distracted with life and I'll forget to like grab something on my way back to go and give. And then I, I'll constantly like drive by and like, Oh, I really want to go to that spot. And then I just, it's just a weird cycle. So I wish like I would have something on me at all times like that just to give. Well, um, you know, hanging around Zach and, you know, learning more about uh, native practices, you know, a common offering for them is just tobacco, you know, carrying a little pouch of tobacco with you all the time um, and leaving offerings like that. And I mean, I don't know too much about native uh, spirituality, nor do I know about the different complexities and tribes and things like that and understandings. But it seems like the only offering I've ever really heard of is tobacco. I'm sure there's others, but they don't give offerings much like, you know, the, the European tribes did. And so the tobacco things, uh, and even in South America, we talked about this in the uh, the other podcast as well that we, we already filmed. Um, but tobacco and water was seen as a it was an, a seen as an offering, and it was more the act of giving it because it was the tobacco is seen as an offering for the spirits specifically, like the spirits live and consume tobacco as an energy source, and so uh, they use that to, to basically feed the spirits. Yeah. I guess something that could be said on like these when you don't have something, I guess just for anybody who's newer and maybe doesn't have the experience or doesn't know yet, but something that you can always do is just go and share your time and give them some of your time because that's one of the most valuable things that you have. You can't get that back. And a lot of these spirits and, uh, you know, whether it's a land or something like that, or if the, the native, uh, if it's a native spirit that I don't know the, the proper name for, I mean, you can always go and just give them that because they've been ignored for so long. Um, and I guess as far as like, I've been, I guess something else was we're talking on the thing of cycles. Um, I think I'm finally going to actually get into the, uh, the shamanic, um, 
tattooing like you've been wanting me to for so long, Jake. Oh, yeah, where you get to trance and then tattoo? Yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to do that this year. But the thing I want to do is I want to make my own ink out of like charcoal from a uh, from a ritual as like a part of it. So it has even more of the energy and magic and stuff into it. Maybe that's something that I, I don't carry like the actual like handmade ink on me, but I carry the charcoal that I would use. And then I could give that as an offering at times. Yeah, that's when you start getting to the interesting legality of it, though. You have to still make sure it's safe and all that stuff, too. Because, you know, you're basically talking about like prison tattoos at this point where they like mix cigarette ash and Elmer's glue. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a there's ways to do it. And I've, I know some people that I can get some information from to do it correctly. Um, but as far as doing it naturally, it's like it's just it's charcoal. And then you add there's different recipes as far as like adding a little bit of a uh, a clear like fine liquor like vodka or something like that or some people use like coconut oil things yeah you, then you get into a matter of if somebody's allergic to that and there's just different ways to do it yeah but i'll, I'll try to find a good a good way that shouldn't be uh harmful to anybody yeah making sure it's bold enough too i'd be worried charcoal wouldn't be deep like a deep dark enough black you know it would look a little faded automatically yeah i think it just depends on like how the uh how concentrated it is yeah it'll take, it'll take some playing around i'll, if, I'll end up testing it out on myself before i, I was about to say i ain't gonna be your, your, your test subject on this one caleb <laughs> um no i really like that though I, I you know i've always encouraged you to get more into like the trance work and he's pulled his headphones off now but i'm going to continue to talk anyways um so yeah i've always wanted to push caleb to doing that because i i thought that would be a really cool primal experience um to to do the hand poked and i and i don't know what the difference between having a hand poked needle with like a little stick that you smack it with but i'm not really sure um i think that's a regional thing probably yeah because like this like if you're just jabbing it like i feel like you don't need that much force maybe if the needle's not sharp enough you need that to knock maybe. it in there yeah, I'm not I really know, sure. I know that's I know that's like how traditional Japanese style stuff is done. So I, it's and I know there's some other regions in Europe that do it like that. I don't know. I think that's just like a regional thing potentially. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Ian. Anything else for the new year? Anything you're kind of like you know wanting to work on or explore? I think I think I want to try to like I said. I think because I'll be working with Freya a bit like more as well. Like her specifically. I think the stuff that I want to work with with her is a different aspect of like the Sather stuff. Um, I'm not exactly sure where that'll go, but um, I've talked to a couple other people that are also like in the process of doing the same thing. So I feel like it'll, it's a, I think that's a good, a good point for me to kind of venture off with as well. Cause then not only, I won't be the only one actively doing it. Um, and, you know, and the thing is with a lot of Sather work stuff is that it's primarily meant to be, um, a lot of the bigger stuff is multiple people, um, you know, upwards up to like, oh god, it's like uh, I'm trying to remember, like nine people. I think it's like almost an average, for like a big, like where it's just like a straight stater thing, yeah, rituals like that, um, you know, because it's basically a layer of of people giving energies to a specific thing, um, you know, and to each person to kind of help boost each other up to make sure you know somebody doesn't go too deep or too far and all that kind of stuff it's 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 in its complexity it's it's insane when you kind of like look at it from an outside perspective but i think i want to get to the point where i'm confident and comfortable enough with doing something like that and do that with enough you know do that with people that are also like 
at that same like stage or willingness to kind of go for that. Well, and you've already done like the Philgia meditation, which I feel like is a good precursor to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I think I want to do a little bit more with that to, in some ways as well. Um, and kind of hone in on that a little bit more after that meditation. Cause yeah, that definitely inspired me on a lot of different things. So for the uh, listeners out there, you know, who are still tuned in here, I do want to kind of leave it on this uh, as far as the cycles, because again, this is, these aren't new year's resolutions, but I do think that if you, if you set yourself goals, every cycle and not even necessarily a year cycle, just seasonal cycles. I think it's a really good thing to base your practice off of, Um, especially if you're a solo practitioner, which I'm sure many of you are because communities are hard to find Um, And you know, so when you're practicing by yourself, it can be hard to give yourself things to do. You know, we're not Christian in the sense that we have church every Sunday and then, you know, you can head down the street and go to Wednesday night Bible service. Um, It can be hard to be the own motivator to your faith. And so I think setting goals every cycle, you know, seasonal cycles and then yearly cycles is a really great way to maintain some form of spiritual connection um, and also a discipline to it as well. Like, oh, this cycle I'm working on Freya or this cycle I'm working on this rune, um, you know, so you all the things you do are kind of working towards that um, and getting into that own self-discipline. I mean, as someone who, you know, runs his own business essentially here, um, you know, you have to be your own motivator. When I wake up every morning, I don't have a boss telling me, Jacob, you need to wake up. I don't have, you know, a boss telling me, Jacob, you need to make a video on Wednesday. I have to make those own goals. And so when I say, hey, you know, we're doing folk podcasts, Sundays come out, Wednesdays videos come out, you know, I'm setting those goals myself. And so when I think you you take that time in your own spiritual practice to set those goals, okay, this spring, I'm working with Freya. Summer, I'll work with Balder, um, you know, and things like that. It, it's going to help you in the end. Um, and it doesn't need to be rigid. Like, you know, hopefully you've learned that from this conversation. It doesn't need to be like, well, I'm having a Freya summer right now. So I really can't work with you, Scotty. Um, so you're going to need to kind of fuck off for right now. Like, no, it doesn't need to be like that at all. You know, let those experiences come naturally to you. But I do think it's really important to have some form of self-discipline when it comes to your spirituality. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. It's, you can just do what feels right, honestly, at that point. Like if, if you're in the middle of working with another, like with one deity and another deity kind of like interjects, like see what they, see what's going on with it and, and, and venture off with that, you know, go back to that main starting goal, you know, but who knows that other deity or a, or a land deity or whatever situation that you find yourself in might help you progress with what you were already, already working on. So Yeah, you can have your goal in mind. Yeah, yeah, you can have your goal in mind for the year as far as like you're gonna you're gonna try to focus like mainly on this one, but there's no reason to cut off another one that showed that brings herself up and wants to work with you. I mean, that's just that's part of your path, you know. And if you put them off, then you're gonna either gonna be putting yourself further back on your path, or you're going to be potentially cutting yourself off from something you need right now. Um, just take it, you know. Just take it kind of like in the ebb and flow. I guess a good way to put it, you know, if it feels right, then do it. If it doesn't, then don't. Take those, take those steps. Yep. Do the, the staircase. One little yeah. step at a time. <laughs> take that first step up the staircase. Ian, <laughs> we step. roasted you on the one we did by ourselves. And then, and then make a sandwich. Okay. Right. <laughs> so yeah, that's two yeah. episodes. We're roasting you now. I hope you're proud. <laughs> Wait, what? You roasted me on the one that I wasn't Oh, yeah. Of? We roasted you there, too. We were talking about, like, you just need to take that first step, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm friends with you people. (laughs) (laughs) Because we roast you, Ian. Uh, That means we love you. Uh, But everyone, 
thank you for joining us for this episode. And uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say here, but have a great new year. 2022, make it the best. Uh, good luck on your cycles. Hope you set those goals. Keep a journal um, and just keep with the faith. It, it, this is a lifelong path and treat it like that. This isn't a path that is, you know, a year thing. You're not going to get everything out of it in a year. Um, you know, take your time with it. But thank you all so very much for joining us and for listening to the Folk Podcast. Um, until the hall. Let's go. Go, go.